Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. What up, everybody? Nick McVicker back in studio Still by myself, but eventually we're going to have people back in here. Um, Kyle could not join us this week, but don't worry. Irfan is still joining us through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone. Irfan, how you doing, my man? Good. I'm excited. Saturday means show day, means a little break, means let's talk some sports and don't have to worry about anything else. It's good. It's good. Absolutely. And it's going to be How's fun. How's your week, buddy? We got, uh, it's, it's been good, man. Canada Day was yeah, awesome. Um, nice. Had a really good time. Probably shouldn't have gone to Port Credit, but probably. But it was packed. No that was the busiest I've seen Port Credit outside of Ribfest. Yeah, it was insane. Oh, but, there's so many people out, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I but I mean, like, gonna... I don't mind people being out. It was just the fact that like everyone went to Port Credit. Like it was, <laughs> it was ridiculous. But we walked around there and then came back here and watched movies. Good times. Good times. Good times. Uh, but a lot has happened in the sporting world this week, and a lot more is going to happen in the sporting world in the next couple of weeks with MLS starting on Wednesday. We got the NBA coming back at the end of the month. NFL training camps are supposed to start at the end of August, and NHL is supposed to start training camps sometime in July. Again, those dates are still to be determined for the NHL, but anyway. But outside of those games, we actually have news coming out of all these sports so let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by canada kicking academy calling all kickers and punters in the southern ontario region if you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition you need to train with the canada kicking academy the ferraro brothers daniel and gabe are both university of guelph alumni and after illustrious university careers they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years if you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And, I mean, the boys are kickoff specialists from football, so why don't we talk news from the football world to do our kickoff today? And the big bomb dropped this week, and the Patriots have a new starting QB. Well, maybe starting QB. Well, that is yet to be determined. Cam Newton signs with the New England Patriots. And I wish Kyle was here because I know he's also a Patriot fan, but thankfully we still have you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, What does the Cam Newton signing mean to the Patriots? And let's let's just be clear. He signed for the league minimum of $1.05 million. Only yeah. 550 of that, 550,000 of that is guaranteed. Um. What does he mean to the Patriots this season? Well, one MVP out, one MVP in sort of thing. It's an in and out trade. I think it's I think it's for the fan base as well here going, what are we gonna do? Like as good as Jerry, Jerry Stidham is or Hoyer could be or whatever experience they might have or how great Belichick is, I think it's still important to have a QB that, that has the name, that has the pedigree. Um you're gonna see a little different uh, Patriots offense this year, I would say. I, I think if he starts, he'll be a little different. He'll be running the ball a little bit more. He'll give a little bit of pace to um, an otherwise, you know, slow offense when it was Brady just in the pocket, not being able to really move. So it gives him a different dimension. It's great for the fans. Um, like I said, one MVP in, one MVP out. Yeah, and you mentioned Stidham and Hoyer. Yeah, Hoyer is signed for the league minimum for a veteran at 1.05 mil. Stidham is signed for even less because he's still young. He hasn't had enough. He hasn't accrued enough time in the league to mm-hmm. get that veteran minimum. They have three quarterbacks signed for under $3 million. Yeah, basically. A former MVP, a former yeah. very, very solid backup in Brian Hoyer, and a very good young quarterback, all for under 3 mil. 
did Belichick just win the offseason somehow? Like, he lost Brady and somehow got another MVP. Like, I don't understand how this man does it. And it pisses me right the fuck off. <laughs> He's just a smart football man. What, what am I going to say? <laughs> I don't get it. But oh, he's just—he's good at finding little little he, wins like this. He is, and you know what? At the beginning of the off season, there was two quarterbacks. As soon as Brady left, mm-hmm. there was two quarterbacks that I think I told both you and Kyle that I'm like, there is a very good possibility that one of these two guys ends up in New England, and it was Jameis Winston, famous mm-hmm. Jameis, doing his thing. He ended up in New Orleans as a backup. And it was Cam Newton because you always hear that Belichick is able to take these great players and turn them into even better players or these good players and turn them into even better players. I could, I could have seen either of them go. And I think it would have been fair to say either of them could have gone to the new England Patriots and would have been happy to go there, play under Bill Belichick, be that way. And everyone rips on Jameis Winston. He's no, he's not a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. Listen, the guy just led the league in touchdowns and yards last season. Not not three seasons ago, not four seasons ago. No, last yeah. year, the guy led the league in yards and touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me he's not a good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, if he just fixes his interception rate, right. I think he's a very good quarterback. That's the he thing. Like, played he's, on a team. he's a very he's a good quarterback right now, right? And that's my thing. Like everyone wants him to be elite because he came out of the draft near the top. Like whatever, I get that. And he has the potential to be an actually elite quarterback. But when it comes down to it, he made mistakes last year. So everyone rips him. He's like, oh, you can't can't make good decisions. Yada 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 yada. Yeah, but I you look at see. what he had in front of him half the time too, right? Like, well, yeah, but the guy also had to have LASIK eye surgery in the off season because he couldn't mm-hmm. see. Yeah. You think that might help? <laughs> I think, yeah, he won't see doubles. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you add, if they had added him to the Patriots, right? He's not, mm-hmm. he hasn't been injured really. He just threw for <laughs> the most yards in the league. Yeah. You're adding him to a Patriots team that has receivers who can catch the ball. I'm not going to say they're game breakers, the receiving core no. in New England, because let's be honest, not they're anymore. really not. Um, no. But they're good receiving core like they're not gonna blow you out of the water but they're gonna make catches Mm -hmm. if he can see and he can throw for yards and we saw what he did with the bucks team who outside of like evans really yeah he didn't really have much he didn't really have a whole lot of like top end talent either so he he could have potentially been a good fit obviously he went to the saints and he's gonna sit behind breeze and he's gonna learn from one of the best in the league about decision making like that's, Hello? that's yeah. not a bad spot to be in but now you see Cam coming in and it's going to as you said it's going to be a very very different offense mm-hmm. that's good though because it's a change it's a good change for the Patriots I think last 20 years it's the same sort of mold the same sort of mindset but now yeah. you have a younger guy and then you have Cam who can move and you know what I, I don't watch a whole lot of Patriots games so I'm going to I'm going to pose this question to you because sure. based off what I've seen I think their offensive line is good am I wrong no, it's good. Right? They I usually agree. gave Brady tons of time in the pocket. He was able to make decisions. Yeah, that's you now have a quarterback who's not only a good thrower, because Cam has a decent arm. Not not a great mm-hmm. arm. He's not an elite arm talent quarterback. Mm-hmm. But he has a good arm. You now bring him into this with the ability to run mm-hmm. behind a very a good offensive line. That changes the game. Oh, yeah. Not only is he going to get space, he's going to make space himself. Exactly. And he's going to open up lanes and he's going to open up the middle of the field because most teams are now going to have to put a QB spy as Mm -hmm. a linebacker in the middle and that guy's not going to go anywhere. So now you have the space in behind him and you have less pressure on your receivers. Whereas Mm -hmm. Brady was not at all a threat to run the ball. It was just not going to happen. No. Because he can't. That's a whole nother issue. <laughs> just never was. No, it's true. Um, it, it's a good start, I think, for for Bill because I think he noticed with Patrick Mahomes being able to move. You look at um, uh, shoot, what's his name? I always forget him. The Baltimore Ravens guy. 
the guy from Clemson. Lamar, yes. Um, same thing. You got you got all these young quarterbacks that can move and not only make space for themselves, but have a good offensive line to create space. And right. I think that's the mold and that's the the movement that the the league's going towards. And Bill Bill Smart, man, oh, yeah. <laughs> less than what one point five million for a, a fantastic quarterback. I think it's it's less good than, for the pack. Hold on, less than one point one million. Oh, less than one point one million. See, that's I was one point zero five mil is his contract. Oh. Him and Hoyer are both signed for the exact same amount. It's insane. Now, I'm going to pose another question to you. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's do it. Does the Newton signing put the Patriots back in the favorite spot in the East? In the AFC East? Yes, but I don't think they ever left. Because I, 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 I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I don't. Hold, hold on, hold on. I'll tell you why. I don't think they were. I think... If you talk to any, I know you're holding it in, but I know if you talk to any of the Bills teams or any of the Jets teams, you still have to beat the Patriots to get through that division, correct? Even if they don't right. have the best quarterback in the league, I feel like now it, it becomes harder for these teams that thought they could surpass the Pats, but now they actually have to be like, oh shit, now we have to deal with another really good okay. quarterback. So I think that 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 what's the level to pass or surpass, I should say was still there is that you still have to beat them to be the best in that division. Okay. So you still have that 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 was my thought process behind it. I didn't think they would be the best team in the division by the end of the season. Um but adding Cam into it I think it changes them. Okay. A little bit. I, I, I get what you're saying there. That that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I apologize for my reaction. No no it's a fair reaction. <laughs> my my thing was at the beginning of the off season mm-hmm. the Bills we're a much better team than the Patriots. Yes. In terms of that, I agree with that. Yes. So, but so I think I that's why I was holding my breath when you said that they, they were never, they were always the favorite is that they weren't always the favorite. Like the bills were no. the better team at the beginning of the off season. So that's why in my mind, the bills were the favorite gotcha. to win the division. I get what you're saying when it comes to, mm-hmm. you have to beat the best from the year before to become the yeah. best. Okay. So that makes sense. But if we're talking on paper and we're talking about skill set going into the offseason, then I agree with you. I think yeah. Josh Allen and the Bills were much better. To, yeah, and to then they added, it. they did really good in the draft. I think they had a better draft than the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Patriots had a bad draft. I would like to point no. that out. I actually think the Patriots did pretty well in the draft. I think the Bills had a very good draft. Um, and they set themselves up for a very good season. This throws a wrinkle in because now – you have to game plan against Cam Newton in an offense that Cam Newton would never have played in before. So you have no idea what the Patriots are going to do. Are they going to yeah. turn Cam into a pocket passer? Are they going to make him? Are they going to allow him to play his normal game? Like it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole different thing. I still yeah. think the Bills are favorite. Okay, but barely. Like it's Bills Patriots for me, and the Bills are just, just. Gotcha. Ahead, yeah. I'm talking like ten and six, nine and seven seasons. Sort of, yeah. Right, like one game could separate this division. I still think the Jets are third, Mm -hmm. and I pretty much thought the Jets were third anyway. Mm -hmm. And then the Dolphins. The Dolphins are my unicorn team in this division because I have no clue what to expect from them. Yeah. They're either going to have a good season or they're going to be absolutely trash. And the problem is, is that I really can't predict it. They'll randomly beat a very good team, like outrun them for one game, and yeah. then lose four in a row. And you're like, uh, but that's the thing. Like, to... if they figure it out and put it together, they could have an eight and eight, nine and seven season. Mm-hmm. But I, I just can't. I don't have enough faith in them to say that they're going to do that. So I'm, I have them more like. A six and ten, or a five and eleven season, right? Like it's sort yeah. of where I'm leaning towards. For sure, if they if they do have it figured out, I can see them getting past the Jets because the Jets. Yeah, that's I, the thing. Like I never know what to expect from them either. Those two teams, I just I think they're just basement dwellers right now, and especially with all the turmoil in the Jets, I don't see them surpassing the Patriots or the Bills for top two in the mm-hmm. division. Agreed. As simple as that. Okay, last question regarding this whole thing. Newton is now signed. He's a QB off the market. 
is Colin Kaepernick going to be the next QB signed in the NFL, next free agent QB signed in the NFL? Uh, I would say I think he has to be. He's, Why? He hasn't stopped, I, I don't think he stopped working out. His dedication to the game hasn't stopped, even though he, he hasn't played since 2016. Okay. So he, for like the, the hard work, the effort, the in, amount of intensity that he brings to every workout every single day, um, why not give a you know him a chance because he shows the heart to play not right. because of any other standpoint or any other movement but like the fact that he's putting in the effort and if you're a team that's struggling um doesn't matter where and you and you're lacking effort on your team and you bring a guy in who's worked hard for the last four years i think he he changes the dynamic there and that's i'm keeping it out of football sense right and, and i get what you're saying there and i think that that is a fair statement and honestly like you look at the numbers side by side. Mm-hmm. Cap and Newton's side by side numbers are like eerily similar when you look at averages. So, like, we'll take out games played and yards because it's not really fair. Newton's played twice as many games. Um, but like, Newton has 182 TDs in 125 games. Cap has 72 throwing touchdowns in 69 games. Mm-hmm. More than a touchdown a game, that's pretty good. Yards per completion, seven point three for Newton, seven point three for Cap. Yeah. Completion percentage, Newton, fifty nine point six, Cap, fifty nine point eight. Yeah. So you're telling me that he didn't have talent back then? You're barking up the wrong tree. Like, no, it was it was about more than talent at that point, but right. I don't think that should be now, the focus. I will point out that Newton or sorry, Cap was coming back from injury when all this sort of happened. Mm. So that could have played an ever small factor in him not getting signed right away. Cuz he was coming back from injury. Now it looks like he has the talent. We'll have to wait and see. I just think the NFL is the NFL, and he probably still will go unsigned. Um, if he does, if he gets, if he gets signed, who do you think he he gets signed by? Oh man, you can list them. I know that. There's a bunch of teams. There's no. There's a bunch of teams that he should get signed by. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think he will get signed by them, but that's a whole other issue. Like. I can't even name one off the top of my head that I think will sign him. The closest one that I think and the most progressive one is probably Seattle, but that's not really a place that I think Cap wants to go no. and sit behind mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. It might actually probably be the best situation for him because they run a similar offense to what he would run in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it might be a good year experience to sit behind Wilson, get a year back under his leg, get on a practice field, do that. Um and get into games at the end of games because, let's be honest, Seattle's probably going to win a few games big. you getting garbage time games, right? Like, it might be worth it for him to do that. I don't think he will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami, they just got yeah. Tua, right? So they're trying to move to a more versatile offense as well. Um, so they might want to bring him in just to sit, just to give Tua a year. Although they have... A quarterback, I guess, too. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And I love Fitzpatrick, by the way. He's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite football players of all time. Not one of the best, but one of my favorite. So it's it's tough for me to say that he's going to find a spot, and I I don't really know where I would put him. I'll I'll be honest with you. I have no idea. What about you? Um, I think I said this last time, but I think the Lions would be someone to consider – no, not not in terms of offensive scheme, but the fact that Stafford's been subpar. I've been okay. I mean, if you're Stafford's been unreal in that absolutely whore awful offense. Have I been looking at the wrong? I've probably hold on. I'm looking at the wrong. <laughs> Stafford side. has done incredible things with an offense that is absolutely putrid. Look I at the core back. around We're good. him. We're good. I take it back. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Sorry, that's my division, bro. I've watched no, no, Stafford right. pick right. no, apart lost... defenses. 
I just watch. Okay. No, then it's not him. Never mind. I take it back. <laughs> I don't know where it's gonna go. It's fine. I think I don't know either. That's that's the problem. Is that there's there's a bunch of teams that the scheme fits, but they already have a starting QB who's better than Cap right now or already yeah. in place. So then I guess would it be a team that's okay? Like would would the Giants go out and get him, no. for example, just to sit on a bench, or no. uh, would the Jets go out and get him and have the Jets? Him I could go, see. Like go one two with Darnold and. Yeah, maybe that sort of thing. The Jets is way yeah. more realistic than the Giants, just because the Giants have their QB, and he showed last year that he can be a new number one. Yeah. The Jets, as much as Darnold has shown that he can be a number one, he's also shown that he shouldn't be a number one. Like yeah. it's sort of a toss up in my mind. He could be a great number one if he figures it out, and he's shown flashes of it, but he's just not consistent, and it 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 hurts him every time. Right. Um, yeah. Depending on how the Nick Foles fiasco goes in Chicago land with Trubisky, they might need a quarterback. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. <laughs> and that would be an, actually a decent receiving core for Cap, but I don't know. Anyways, that's well, neither here nor there. We're not involved in that. So. No. Just sign the man. Just sign the man. It'll be fine. Just sign. Yeah. Sign him on the dotted line. Um, let's move on. Yep. And we have talked about the MLB's return to play, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more right now. After all of that that has happened in this off-season, beginning-of-season, pandemic-fueled thing, um... I guess I should end the kickoff segment, shouldn't I? That's I'm usually good at this. That'll do it for our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking <laughs> Academy. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Daniel and Gabriel are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. You can visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow them on Instagram at canadakickingacademy. Thank you, Irfan, for letting for reminding me about that. That's my bad, buddy. It's okay, man. Um, but let's get into the MLB and all the crap that's happened in this pandemic coronavirus with the players and the league going back and forth trying to set up this shortened season, which may never happen. Rob Manfred has been front and center, and in his defense, he has to be front and center because he's the head of the league and like anything that the owners want to do has to go through Manfred and he has to say it, but he hasn't looked good. And the question I'm going to pose this question to you. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep posing you questions and we'll keep talking about them. Mm -hmm. Is Rob Manfred's legacy as a commissioner tainted because of this one year? a tough question um i want to say i'm gonna say no okay why i'm gonna say no because i still think he's been a pretty decent commish for the league in in terms of if we're talking revenue if we're talking trying to build it up um bringing in people yes but this does sort of put a little question mark beside his name i should say in the sense that everything he said over the last couple of months he has to come back and re-say it, or he has to fix what he said because he's like, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, so to me, I'm not as confident when he comes on the podium or he releases something and says, uh, well, I think this is going to happen now. So I'm taking it with a little grain of salt when he's saying something. I'd rather him not come out and say stuff and just wait till the full stories develop rather than going, yeah, I think we're going to have a full season we're not going to have a full season. Oh, we're going to play 60 games. We're probably not going to play 60 games. So like the back and forth for me, I kind of lost confidence in him, but I don't think it taints him just yet, unless the season gets canceled because of some stupid reason, um, not COVID related, but like the <laughs> fact that, but like not like the fact that, you know, the league and the players start arguing about something else now and it just won't get solved. And I think that's what would damage his um, reputation. But Right now, I think he needs to build up his confidence and not speak before there's a full decision made. So I'm, I'm going to go back to one thing that you said. Yeah. 
and you said that you are now taking everything that he says with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. That right there yeah. is the reason that I think his his legacy is tainted. Okay. That because exact of reason. This whole because, situation, like because of not being able to decide on the season, because of going back and forth, like you would say that would right. taint. Fair. No, because yeah. now everyone, anytime he talks, there's mm-hmm. no confidence in him. Yeah. Right? Like among fans, among outsiders sure. right because every time sure. we hear him say something it's like well is that really the case or are we going to come back in a week and have to re- redo this right like mm-hmm. so that's why i think the legacy has been completely tainted and it's not i'm not going to say it's all his fault that it's tainted it's a very weird situation it's unprecedented obviously we've talked about how unprecedented this entire pandemic is but it is his fault that he he kept going back on his word and he kept going back on what he was saying. And that, that is an issue and that needed to be mm-hmm. fixed. Unfortunately, it's, it, it's not going to be. No. And that's unfortunate because I, up till this point, I thought Manfred was doing a lot to move the game back forward. He was talking about reinstating Pete Rose. He was doing all this stuff. Right. Good stuff. And now this is going to happen and people are going to question him and it, it's going to be a problem. And I don't know how long he lasts after this. After the next CBA, which will be coming up next year, mm-hmm. right? Because they have to do this all again in the off season, don't they? Or is it the year yeah, after? I, I think it's within the next two years or one. It's year either or this like off season short. or the next off season that the CBA comes up. They're going to have uh, to do this all over again. And that's, I think it's twenty twenty one, eh? So yeah, within the next year or so. Yeah. So that means this off season coming up. Yeah. So they're going to have to do this all over again. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be front and center again as the voice of the owners going up against the MLBPA. And it's it's not a good look. Like, had they come to terms right away and figured out everything in March, and then when they needed to figure out the schedule, everything stayed the same, and they just figured out a schedule, Manfred would have gone down as one of the best commissioners in baseball history. Like, Bud Selig has always been up there. People liked Bugs, Bud Selig. Had Manfred been able to, like, navigate a pandemic with zero fault mm-hmm. on either side, this would have been, like, the shining moment of his commissioner tenure. So, so let me ask you this, then. Including yeah. the issue with the CBA this past, you know, for COVID and and, and everything do you think the fact that he let the the astros and the red sox and anyone cheating kind of slide also taint his legacy or damage his reputation that way because he kind of went into this not so hot because of yeah. the decisions made, right? i mean that's another that's another thing mm-hmm. like this year has not been kind to manfred no and i think the red sox one they might have gotten right because I don't know, they there was no proof that it happened on multiple occasions. It could have just happened once, and they punished Cora for it. Now they should have punished him for a season, not the year, because that's two mm-hmm. totally different things. Yeah, but at that time, nobody knew that this would be. Um, I don't a care. But no, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying that that mentality is well. It's a season's a year. That's it. Yeah. Not full season. So it, it's the fine lines there. Um, the Astros one was handled poorly. Mm-hmm. All the way through, no players being suspended, the team not having to vacate the title, all of that is handled absolutely piss poor. Mm-hmm. But they they got the right answer. Like in the end, they got that the Astros did cheat. They didn't give them enough penalties. They didn't do that. So yeah, his his legacy was tainted because of that. The, the whole league was tainted because of that, though, in my opinion. I don't know if it was yeah. just Manfred. I think it was the whole league because they still have – and I'm going to keep bringing his name up, but Pete Rose is still not allowed to take part in any, like, official MLB things. I think he yeah. might have – that might be wrong because I think he did t- partake in, like, an all-star game ceremony one time. But he's not allowed to be in the Hall of Fame. He's not allowed to take part in MLB events. But the Astros are getting off without a warning, like barely a warning, I should say. They lost a draft pick this year. Oh my goodness! Yeah, 
Is it really going to damage them for the year? No, like, if there's no season. You, well, okay, forget that. Though. Like, They lost one draft pick this year and yeah. one next year, right? So you lost two players in a system that is already shrinking because they're cutting how many MLB or minor league teams there are per team. So now all the best players from the A divisions are now going to move up to AA and the AA guys going to AAA. So you're filling those spots anyway. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're a first or second round pick. I get that. And those are usually top talent. But guess what? They cut the draft this year to five rounds and some of the best talent wasn't even picked anyway. So you can sign those guys for free. Yeah. You don't have to draft them. You're going to get yeah. a top player as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it is. Like they, there was, there used to be 30 draft, 30 rounds in the MLB draft. Mm-hmm. You were getting like 30 players. You got five yeah. this year. Think about how many players went undrafted. Yeah, they could probably just be like, oh, that guy's good. He didn't get signed. Stake him. I talked to probably a couple players who were gonna who might have gotten drafted had there been a deep draft this year, but there wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how it is. So the the Astros really didn't lose anything by losing draft picks. They had to pay some money. Oh it's a million dollar corporation. I don't care. Like a couple mils is not gonna hurt them. And what, they lost their manager and their GM for a year, which is a shortened year anyway, so it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't, it, the, the punishment does not fit the crime. But I think you're right when it comes to his his legacy was tainted beforehand. Mm. And this didn't help. It probably tainted it no. more. No, 2020 hasn't been a good year for anybody. 2020 has him. been a rough year for baseball. Mm-hmm. But let's get, let's move on to something a little bit more positive. Yes. Okay, and the MLB has announced that the divisions will be East, Central, West for the upcoming 60-game mm-hmm. sprint to the finish season that it will be. By the way, I heard A-Rod talking yesterday on, uh, it was either First Take or Get Up on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And he, he, might, he said the best thing. He's like, the MVP of this season will be the athletic trainers and the physiotherapists and the nutritionists that are able to keep mm-hmm. their team healthy for the entire 60 games because the medical staff, the medical yeah. staffs are going to be the MVPs of the season because you lose two weeks in a normal season. Nothing. It's not even mm-hmm. a blip. It's not even 10%. You lose two weeks in a 60 game season. You're missing Roughly, seventeen percent of the season. Yes. Roughly. That's a lot. So yeah, it's gonna be tough to even make it up, right? But usually, teams have like the end of August, most of September to kind of fill a gap. You don't really have that. No, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see which team sort of comes out on top. And I mean, let's take a look at the three divisions, right? Yep. Um, we'll start in the East because, well, I mean, we know the East a little bit better. And we obviously get the AL East, and you have Baltimore, Boston, the Yankees, Tampa, and Toronto. You add in the NL teams, and you get Atlanta, Miami, the Mets, Philly, and Washington. It's a tough division. Uh, are are Braves Central or are they East? Braves are East. I think no. So Fangraphs has it incorrect. Yeah, because Braves are always competing with the uh, the Phillies and the. Yeah. the... <laughs> Bless you. Um. Yeah. So you look at you look at the uh, National League, and that's a that's a tough tough division to be joining the AL East and. You have the World Series champion from last year against the considered to be the best team in the league this year in the Yankees. Tampa is supposed to be right up there with the Yankees in the AL East. Now they're going to have to compete with Washington. Philly's a good team. Atlanta got better. Like All of a sudden, the Jays aren't looking so hot. But I think the Jays at the same time are one of those teams that if they get hot, they're going to get hot. Like no. You have 
Guerrero, you have Bichette, you have Guriel, you have Biggio. When those guys get hot, they stay hot. Yeah. Adding some pitching. Year they had, what, what was it, like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks that they were consistently hot? Yeah, right? Like and They have the ability to get hot, and yeah. it's a 60-game season. You get hot for three weeks, like that's huge. It's almost mm-hmm. half the season. Right? So you they can get hot and they can they can compete. They need to get hot game one. Like that's their only chance. If they can get hot game one and start taking games from these teams early, it makes a huge difference. You're not fighting to try to get back in. Because don't forget, yeah. these ten teams are only playing against these ten teams. Right? Like they're not going they're not going up against teams from the Central or the West like they normally would. They're just competing against the Eastern teams. So you have to win games against these guys in order to make the playoffs over these guys. So it'll be interesting. Um, Central Division is also... Central Division is the weakest, in my opinion. And it's it's not even close. Like, they're god-awful. You got the Cubs, who are on the down... You got the White Sox who are on the rise and they they might actually be good this year. You got the Cincinnati Reds who no one knows what they're going to be. You got the Indians who are on the way down. You got Detroit who is going to be just as horror awful as the Miami Marlins. You got Kansas City who are terrible. Yep. Minnesota will be good. Minnesota should win the division. Then you got Milwaukee. Pittsburgh and St. Louis, who are all average teams to good teams at best. Mm-hmm. Like that, that division is bad. Yeah. And I, so I, I what, don't know what your opinion the, is, but no, I agree with you. So what's it with the, the league and the central divisions on both sides being very piss bad? The thing is you go three years ago, the central divisions in both leagues were one of the best. Like, Think about think about the Cubs three years ago. Think about the Indians three years ago. Think about the Royals sure. three years ago. Think about Minnesota sure. three years ago. Think about Pittsburgh and St. Louis three years ago, right? Like they were good. They were really good teams. But St. Louis is older now. Pittsburgh traded a bunch of players away. Kansas City mm-hmm. lost all their players from their their uh, World Series runs. Detroit is old. And the Indians lost some of their pitching, some of their players. Right? Like they, they just got old. The Cubs didn't really lose anybody. They just stopped playing at su- at World Series potential. Like I don't know what happened with that Cubs team. They lost Arietta. That was really it. They just got yeah. older. Older well, didn't really want to play anymore. So I don't know. That's th- that division is just not good. <laughs> and then you look at West, and it's stacked. Like, the West is stacked this year. I kind of feel bad for the bottom teams because they're just going to get beat up. But you go through. Arizona, they're a good team. Not a great team, but they're a good team. Colorado, they're a good team. Again, not a great team, but they're a, they're going to be competitive. Houston, we're assuming they're going to be competitive. They didn't really lose anybody but Cole. So they should be competitive. The Angels mm-hmm. are supposed to be competitive this year. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. They got mm-hmm. Mookie Betts and got better. Oakland mm-hmm. supposed to be competitive this year. And they were last year. They made the playoffs. The Padres supposed to be better this year. San Francisco, they're going to struggle. Yes. Seattle. Probably the weakest team. They're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But they're good. They're not terrible. And Texas was supposed to have a good year, and now they're going up against the Dodgers and Colorado and Arizona and Oakland. <laughs> they're playing everybody good. Like, the, the Rangers got screwed. Yeah, like, let's be they're fair. supposed if, to be a good bubble team there. If it was the normal division, the mm-hmm. old like Houston and Oakland might be one two in that division. Texas was right there. Now they have to play the Dodgers. They have to play San Diego. They have to play Colorado, and they have to play Arizona. Like, if I'm the Rangers, I'm looking at each other like, "What did we do to deserve this?" <laughs> they built a really funky looking facility. That's why. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> it's a nice. It does look nice. 
No, it is nice. I'm just kidding. Um, but I have no, no idea who wins say. that division, to be honest. Like, I think the Dodgers are the cream of the crop in reality. Uh, the Strohs yeah. are close there. But then other than that, you're like, everyone is very, very good. Yeah. So I still want to know how they're going to do playoffs. I really do. Mm-hmm. But that'll come down to it later. Um, yeah. Manfred will make an announcement that everyone makes playoffs and a week later be like, sorry, only the best team wins. That's it. <laughs> We're done. Uh, let's bring it back to the Jays and yes. news a little bit coming out of Toronto. Well, for Toronto people, it's big. Um, the Jays training camp will be held in Toronto. The season is to be determined. They don't know where they're playing their season games yet. Um, they're trying to get approval from the federal government and the provincial government in Ontario. But the training camp is happening here. And what they're doing is basically the, everyone is in Dunedin right now. And they're chartering flights coming straight from Dunedin to Toronto. They will have chartered buses to pick up all the players, take them to the Rogers Centre. That's key. They're going to the Rogers Centre, not to the hotel. Yep. And then they're going to have the access to the hotel attached to the Rogers Centre open for the players to go in straight to their rooms. Automated sign-in so they don't have to actually go to the desk. Bob's your uncle. There you go. Now all of a sudden the players are in this bubble and they can go from their hotel room to the Rogers Center. Yeah. That's it. It's all you get. No need to leave. No, it's a good system. It's a great system. But they want to play regular season games here, and I don't like that. I don't. I don't care no. what everyone thinks. I don't like it. Because the travel for all these teams in the States, coming from possible hotbeds like, oh, I don't know, Miami? Yeah, I don't like that. Don't bring that here. No. I, and I get that they're going to have chartered flights and they're going to do exactly what the Jays are doing. And they're coming from Dunedin, which isn't much better. But the Jays have time before the season starts to quarantine and deal with it. These teams mm-hmm. don't. When, when it comes to a regular season, they don't have the time. It's not worth it to have it here. I don't know. What's your opinion, Erfone? Um, I think the only reason why Toronto or any Canadian city is going to be considered, and I know we'll talk about this with the NHL, um, is we have the least amount of cases. Right. Like we're, we're not, we're not, we're not a hot. We are a hotbed in terms of Canadian context. But we're not as bad as the states are. Knock on wood. Um, so I think, even though we don't want it to happen, we're going to get an influx of athletes in the city, which might increase our our um, our numbers to a degree. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of it. I'm also not a fan of sports returning because we're not even sure what's going on with the virus um, in reality, uh, to be fair. No, but, I, I agree. I, I I don't think sports need to come back. But it, shouldn't be rushed the, but it shouldn't be rushed the way it is. It's like we're coming back because fans want it. These people want it. This wants it. That's no, not reality, why. Don't give no, me that. Reason, the only reason it's coming back is because of money, okay? That is the only the reason rock. sports need to come back Right oh, now, like, there's no need. When, Bat- when Batman came out with his statement saying the hockey's coming back, it's because of the fans, and I was like, no, buddy, it's the fact that you want money to come into your freaking you want money. We'll give you money. You don't want <laughs> to pay the players uh, without a season, basically. No, you don't want to know what it is. They don't want to have to pay for the broadcast rights. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is because the broadcast people aren't going to want to pay for the year if they're not doing any games. So in order to do games, you have to bring players back. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the world of money. Yeah. Wrong. I, I mean, I'm not arguing with that. I, I, as much as we've said this before, as much as we want the league to return, it doesn't make sense if you're going to have people coming in from hotbeds. No. And like no. hub cities are different in my opinion. I'm more mm-hmm. okay with a hub city for the NHL and let's let's move on to the NHL. Sure. Cuz the news dropped this week kind of the reports dropped this week, let's say. Yeah, there's multiple reports. The two hub cities have been decided on and Vegas lost. <laughs> uh, yeah. the two hub cities are going to be Edmonton 
for the Western Conference and Toronto for the East. Both in Canada, obviously, that's big news. Um, I'm going to just go back to what I was about to say about hub cities. Sure. I'm better with hub cities. I, I don't mind okay. hub cities as much. The way the MLB is doing it with teams traveling makes zero sense in my head. Because you're just asking for problems at that point. Hub cities make the most sense if you're going to return to play properly. Only because you can quarantine everybody in a in one place. Right? Now, it's a little bit harder when you have 12 teams coming in to quarantine an entire thing. Or, you know, 22 going down to Florida to play in the MLB. Or 26 for the MLS. It's tough. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of hotels. Thankfully, down in Florida, ESPN, Wild World of Sports, and Disney will have enough hotels. Like mm-hmm. That's just how it is. But when it comes to, like, Toronto being a hub city for the NHL, I get, I get the hub city mentality. Bring everyone in, quarantine them, and keep them in a bubble. This yeah, is our I bubble. See. No one's coming in and out of our bubble. Right? That makes sense. It it makes more sense than the travel plan that the MLB has. So that's why at Toronto being a hub city, I don't have as many problems with as opposed to the MLB hosting games in Toronto where teams are flying in from all over the States. I don't like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I agree. Cause there's no isolation happening. Exactly. Unless you're, you're in your home city where as the hub cities, you can be like, here's three hotels downtown, for example, in Toronto. And that's where we're going to stuff teams in. Exactly. And that's, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. And that's why I was struggling with the Jays coming and playing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's get to the hockey. And obviously I said Edmonton, Toronto, both teams are actually going to play in their home city. The East will be played out of Toronto and they'll get to play their playing round against the Blue Jackets and everything. Um, and we'll get into a preview of that hopefully next week. Uh, preview the NHL uh, matchups for the playing rounds and the round robins. Um, but Edmonton gets to play in the West. Uh, it was also reported that Edmonton will host the conference finals as well as the Stanley Cup finals. So the first two rounds of playoffs will be hosted in Toronto and Edmonton, respectively. And then the last eight teams, eight, yeah, four and four. Yeah. Yeah. Eight teams will all travel to Edmonton and play the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals, Um, which is great. I mean, I think having it within Canada is a little bit easier than having, had they had one in Vegas and one in Toronto, it would have been maybe a little bit harder to do the cross-conference finals in one place Mm -hmm. but I think they're gonna be in the right scenario like obviously Edmonton is set up perfectly for this because they have a hotel connected directly to the rink Um, so they're gonna house most of the teams in that hotel have them go into the rink there's another practice facility that they'll take buses to sort of thing it it makes sense it looks really clean Uh, Toronto might be a little bit more difficult with the transportation because there's no hotel directly connected to the Scotiabank Arena. I was about to say ACC, but it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say ACC. No, that's, <laughs> that's not so it. <laughs> Scotiabank <laughs> Arena. So, like, they they will have a little bit more transportation, um, but they're yeah. using Rico Coliseum as the practice facility, which is right because it's not far. It's literally, yeah. like, 10 minutes, if that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they, they have it set up and Mayor Tory of Toronto said that he saw the plan and he was blown away by it. Thought it was phenomenal. Very detailed, very thorough. That's great. Yeah. They're bubbling it up. They're bubbling it up. Yeah. Again, I worry about the workers in the hotels and in the arenas that have to come in and out and how that works. But for the most part, I think they're doing the right thing, and it'll be interesting to see how it actually plays out, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I mean, if there's safety precautions associated with how they're doing it, like, even though you're isolating, you're still wearing a mask, you're still wearing your gloves, you're still following the rules, 
by the public health agency of Canada or the UN or who or whoever is in charge of it, fine. And if you're isolating yourselves, good. But the MOBs, that little question mark there with everything about their travel, about how they're moving in and out of venues, like that was the issue there. But I mean, I like the way you explain it. And I think our, our listeners will also appreciate that. The fact that you're isolating is very different than moving around to three, four different cities. Um, and like you're keeping it from whatever number of games now in the East to the conference finals, which is whatever, like that's still yeah. a very good bubble. And right. I think as teams get eliminated, they can head back to their, their respective cities. The if they as want. soon, as, as, and soon like, as your team's out, you leave. Yeah. And you, you're decreasing the number of people in the hotel, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So. There's obviously problems with hub cities and we're sort of seeing it with the MLS right now. Mm-hmm. Um, News broke this morning that the FC Dallas Vancouver Whitecaps game has been postponed. Not canceled outright, but postponed for now because nine players on FC Dallas tested positive. They're already in the bubble. Mm-hmm. So that's where the hub cities become sort of problematic is that if a team or a player in the hub city gets it, how do you eliminate the spread? And they, they have precautions, they have protocols set up for this sort of thing, and we'll see how it works in the MLS. Hopefully it's it's only these nine players, mm-hmm. and everyone can come back healthy, and then they can finish the tournament. But, like, these were announced this week. Yeah. They have 14 days. That's two weeks. They were going to miss at least two games. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see how that sort of plays out. Yeah, maybe like the fact that it's postponed, maybe they'll just push it to a week after, a week and a half after when yeah. there's some sort of health associated with it. But we also don't know if the players coming back in those two weeks are going to be fully healthy and ready to play. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Like Rudy Gobert came out this week. He got it three months ago. Mm-hmm. He still doesn't have a sense of smell. No, and it won't come back for a while. There's so many different things associated with the virus that we don't even know what's going to happen with it. So it is what it is. Um, I just hope the players are safe. Yes. The players are safe. The medical staff safe, the hotel staff, like everyone associated with this whole issue. Exactly. uh, Incident is, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, last thing I want to talk about before we head out, um, this week, the Washington football team, and yes, I'm going to call them the football team for now. They felt the pressure from multiple different angles regarding their name. Um, FedEx, the sponsor, the title sponsor of the field, said, change your name. Political influences from the Washington area said, change your name. And Nike pulled all of their Washington football apparel from their website. So you cannot mm-hmm. buy any Washington football apparel right now. No. Hats, jerseys, nothing. Can't pull anything. No. Anything with the logo, anything with the name. No. No, they pulled everything. Even if it just but said yeah, Washington. That's what I'm saying, yeah. so Even if it just said out. Washington, they pulled it. Everything's gone. You oh. can't find anything. Okay. Um and this comes on the back of obviously the Black Lives Matter movement and the the push for equality across all races. And this is long overdue. Back in 2013, Dan Schneider, who is the owner of the re- the Washington football team, almost said it. I almost said it. Uh, said that he would never change the team name. And he said you can put never in caps. Okay. That was back in 2013. This is seven years later, and let's be honest, things change. Mm -hmm. And they released a statement this past week, actually yesterday, um, in light of recent events from around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussion the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. And it goes on to explain what Dan Snyder says and Ron Rivera, the head coach. And 
By the way, Rivera is one of the most forward-thinking coaches in the league. He is pushing for this. Already can tell you that. Yeah. Then other teams in other leagues kind of got a little bit of flack real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. Cleveland, their baseball team, obviously, um, put out a statement as well. And their statement reads, we are committed to making a positive impact in our community and embrace our responsibility to advance social justice and equality. Our organization fully recognizes our team name is among the most visible ways in which we connect with the community. We have had ongoing discussions organizationally on these issues. The recent social unrest in our community and our country has only underscored the need for us to keep improving as an organization on social issues and social of social justice, which is great. I'm glad that these teams are now having discussions, right? Because let's be honest, the the Washington football team was not having discussions about this before. Like it was not happening. No, even with the heat that they received when Schneider came in, like it still didn't really do anything about it. They were never going to have these discussions without no. this happening. Um, but they're behind. Like, let, let's be honest, they're playing catch-up now. Mm-hmm. And there's other teams like the Florida Seminoles, uh, or Florida State Seminoles, like the college. Um, you can go around to a couple more. But other teams have already done a lot. Like, the Seminoles, for instance, work very closely with the Seminole tribe in Florida, mm-hmm. right? So they, they have a direct connection, and the, the tribe has no problem with them using the name. Um, even better example, let's go to the CFL, right? The Edmonton Eskimos? Mm-hmm. they have been doing their work for years now. And we talked about it and um, we talked about it off air, but let's, let's bring it on air. Now the Eskimos have been going into the Inuit communities within Canada for a few years now. And they've been talking with the communities about the use of the name Eskimos and if they are okay with it. And there was no consensus among the Inuit people and, um, and considerable support of the Eskimos' name among Inuit in various parts of northern Canada. So they got permission basically from the Inuit tribes. Now, they could have said, okay, we're done. Thank you for giving us permission, yada, yada, yada. The Eskimos didn't do that. Instead, they've reached out and they've become, they've put in engagement, like community engagement projects within the Inuit communities. And they've gone above and beyond what they needed to do just to get the name confirmed. And they still do that. And to this day, they still send players and they still send coaching staff and they do this throughout the Inuit communities in Northern Canada, which is fantastic. And it's become part of the organization. It's not It's not the fact that they are just here and they're just using the name. They're now becoming part of the Inuit communities within Northern Canada, which is great. And the thing is, they came out with a statement basically saying that we're going to continue to talk to the Inuit people, and if they don't approve of us using the name, then we will make a decision, and that's fine. Right? I believe The exact statement says, and I'm reading it off my screen over here, we recognize that there has been increased attention to the name recently, and we will ramp up our ongoing engagement with the Inuit communities to assess their views. This isn't something that they're taking lightly. They're actually going out. And they've been doing this for years. Washington has not. Cleveland has not. Cleveland did make one step in the right direction, removing the logo that they used to use. Chief Wahoo logo. They don't use that logo anymore. Their logo is now just a block C. Mm -hmm. That's one step in the right direction. Right? But it's it's still not there. And you're going to hear the Chicago Blackhawks, they're going to have their name brought up. Yeah. You're going to hear the Kansas City Chiefs. Their name's going to get brought up as well. The Braves. And the Braves. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The difference between maybe the Braves and the Chiefs and the Blackhawks is that those aren't slurs more than anything. Same with the Eskimos, same with the Seminoles. Those aren't really slurs. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, the Braves, that's kind of like a positive thing to say. Like, I know it's not like, don't get me wrong. It's still not right. But like, that's not a terrible thing to call a native American. Like the Braves is, is not 
on the grand scale, right? No, it's what they do during playoff games, which is an issue. No, that's all games, by the way. You mean the chop? Oh, it's all games. The chop is that all games now? Yeah. Right? That was just play. Oh, no, it's always been all games. games. You only see them in playoffs because we don't get Atlanta games up here. Uh, Um, the chief same thing right like chief is a revered part person in the community it's not it's not a slur the name for the washington football team is a slur yes the cleveland baseball team that's a horrible mistake and i wouldn't necessarily call it a slur but it's also not the right name no you don't refer to that up uh, that particular population by right? that anymore. It's not the right name. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come under more flack. Like, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. The other teams are going to come under flack. Don't get me wrong. The Blackhawks are going to see backlash. The Chiefs will hear backlash. The Braves will hear backlash. The Seminoles mm-hmm. might even hear backlash. How many of these teams are realistically going to change their name, though? Probably the first two, yeah, would be the would be the most likely, yeah, to change it. Um, I mean, for the Braves, the action might be something that they've been talking about getting rid of that for a few years now, though. So yeah, until it happens, I don't believe it. But no, but I mean, at this point in time, uh, with everything going on, I think this would be the time to do all of this, right? Yeah. But again, the first two teams uh, for sure need to to make an adjustment, whether they get called the Spiders or whatever the hell the the names being floated for the Cleveland team. But well, that's a, that's a former MLB team, mm-hmm. right? So they're so just trying to they're trying to go for a simple solution: just bring back the Spider name. Spiders. <laughs> Which I don't mind it, right? Like if you see some of the logos and stuff, it's not terrible. Like it, it could yeah. be a much worse name. Yeah. True. They're like, bring it the Expos. Don't do that. Unless Please you're going to that. Montreal, you can't use the Expo name. Like, let's be honest. No. There's stuff floating around. But yeah, like, I think the name needs to change in Washington, and the name should change in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. The Eskimos, I'm fine with. Like, the Chiefs, the Braves, I'm fine with. I actually... As much as I like the Blackhawks logo, like the whole thing, it needs to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a step. Yeah. And no, it, it's not even a step. It needs to change. Mm-hmm. It, it goes along with the Washington and Cleveland. But you notice the difference is, is that I, I don't have a problem saying that one. The other two, what? I have a problem saying. Yeah. And I think that's the consensus around sports is that. Washington and Cleveland, people struggle saying the team name. Yeah. Whereas the Blackhawks, no one really struggles. Yeah, because you can just call them the Hawks if you really wanted to. Right. And you yeah. know what? That might be the logical move for a name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be just lame, but it, it it might be the logical move. Yeah. I mean, that happened here in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. Like Meadowvale used to be the Meadowvale Mohawks. And I think their A teams are still called the Mohawks. Mm. But all their house league teams changed to the Meadowvale Hawks. There you go. It's right? a simple solution. Yeah. It's a simple I mean, solution. It's not the best name, but because you're used to that, you know, that iconic name. Yeah. But so it'll be interesting to see and I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll have more news on this for sure. For sure, yeah. All right, buddy. End of the show. Quick last-minute hit for the week. What do you want to talk? Uh, Well, Mason Greenwood just absolutely crushed a shot. So it's 4-2 United. That's about it. <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> oh, that, that, oh, what a goal. Okay, that's. I'm good. Have a good week. <laughs> we love you from Garage Door Sports. <laughs> um, my end of the week is... Keep an eye on our website this week. Yep. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's it. Keep an eye on our website and our social media. Big things are coming. Um, but yeah, 
So, unfortunately, Kyle couldn't be here, but for Irfan Manji, at Irfan Manji on Twitter, and myself, Nick McVicker, at Nick McVicker on Twitter, we want to thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Garage Door Sport. Follow us on Instagram, at Garage Door Sports. Check out our website, garagedoorsports.com, for all your latest news and information on the sporting world. And we will see you next week.